good evening. Hope that we're well. It's me, Ryan Hartley, back with a, another episode, episode 49 of the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. I hope that we are well. I hope that you can hear me loud and clear. Wherever you are coming from, please do just drop me a, a comment. Let me know um, where, you, where in the world that you're coming from. Um, I'd love to be able to connect with you. Um, there we go. My guest is on and ready. So I'm just doing a brief introduction, send some invites, talk a little bit about why I do this, and then I'll bring my guest on very shortly. So um, hope everyone's had a great weekend. Um, really looking forward to, to being back this week. Unfortunately, we had a bit of technical problems. Uh, it meant that uh, Daniel couldn't join us last week. Uh, I will hopefully be able to reschedule that interview with Daniel. Definitely a conversation I want to be having. Um, so the last one we did was with Corey Hartley, my little boy, six-year-old, um, on Father's Day. So if you haven't checked that one out already, please do head to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Um, check out episode 48 with Corey Hartley. It was uh, it was pretty special. It was one of my favourite conversations to have. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, and do you know what? Here we go, episode 49. And I'm very fortunate enough to be absolutely loving what I'm doing. Um, if you don't think it's possible to love what you do, then think again. Uh, is it easy? Does it require courage, sacrifice? Um, absolutely. But it is 100% possible to do what you love. And um, yeah, episode 49, here we go. Um, if you are new to an Always Better Than Yesterday interview session, then firstly, thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. Uh, when I say us, it's not just me, it's the Always Better Than Yesterday community. Um, and we believe in helping develop ourselves and other people to be better than we were yesterday. It's that simple, really. And um, these interview sessions are simply that, helping us learn from people from all walks of life about their habits and their mindset. Um, I love learning about what makes people tick, what helps people win in life. And rather than me having those curious conversations in private, why not use the power of social media for social good to enable uh, everybody to to learn what we learn? So tonight's no different. Really looking forward to having my guest join me. Um, his name is Matt Hill. I will not say too much because that first question is always introduce yourself. So I've sent the request now um, and let's have a great conversation. Please do share this stream with that one person you think needs to hear that message um, and yeah, do make sure you ask your curious questions. Have you got a I have. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, is that better? Mark Zuckerberg, what are you doing? Please sort out the audio of Facebook Lives. Anyway, hello. Nice to see you again. Ryan, great to see you. Seems like, seems like a long time. Huh. It must be what, about eight hours? Yeah, something like that. Amazing. Great to see Please, you. Please, my, my good friend, do me the honour and the privilege of introducing your good self to the watchers and the listeners. Okay, uh, so firstly, tough act to follow, Corey Hartley. How'd you back that <laughs> one up? Um, but I'll do my best. So my name's Matt. Um, I'm... 46 years old. I live in Melksham, Wiltshire in the UK. Well, Seemed, uh, Wiltshire in the UK. Um, married to Sarah, three children, Olivia, Poppy and Monty. And uh, I'm a full-time, uh, I run a full-time Systema Academy. So most of you won't know what Systema is. Uh, Systema is a, a Russian martial art, uh, but it's also a, a health and well-being system. 
So I teach a, a full range of classes there for covering um, self-defense skills, uh, health and mobility, uh, well-being, uh, teaching people how to calm and relax themselves, and also uh, bushcraft skills, outdoor skills, and kind of um, adventures mm-hmm. um, and to all age groups. So we start them as young as three, and we take them right where there's no upper age limit, really. So as long as you can get up the stairs, you can come on the mountain train. Love that. Love that. So there's going to be so much that I'd love to ask you about, learn about. But where did we connect? Where did our paths cross? So I took, uh, so I'm Welsh. Um, and for those around the world that maybe don't know that the primary thing about being Welsh is that you're a, a lover of rugby. So, um, so my son Monty came of age to start rugby and we went to the local club and uh, Ryan was there as the coach um, and straight away could see what a, a great job he was doing um, as, as a leader um, to, you know, to these young boys. Um, and it was very apparent with Ryan and the other coaches, yeah. um, Andy Got and Stu team. and Anna. And, um, and I just thought, what a, what a great environment, you know, for Monty to be part of. So yeah. um, I think maybe even the first session, they must have seen how itching I was. So, yeah. um, so I think Ryan came across and said, look, if you want to come on and join in and help out, feel free. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I grasped it with both hands and did. That's very kind of you, my friend. And I think, do you know what? I think you're being very kind because I think the original words you said was that you, you thought you'd bring a bit of Welsh to the team to up the standards <laughs> of, of the rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Many yeah. words bought... said in jest. Absolutely. We've, we've, um, we've got some questions coming through already. I just hmm. wonder whether... So there's a question from Steve. He's saying that he's, um, he's asking about your military service. Yeah. Um, with, the, with the possibility of sacrifice. I just wonder your thoughts on sacrificial living. How do you balance serving your own needs, desires and wants with that of serving others? Which is a pretty deep question to start with, but... Oof, yeah, in at the deep end. Um, well, I think... Um, uh, called in then. This, I think there's two... Uh, Two, two, two things that immediately jump to mind here. Firstly, I think yeah. um, real leadership is about service um, mm. and, and serving others and putting others before you, which is, of course, yeah. a, a self-sacrifice. You know, the, the motto of the British Army is serve to lead. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Jesus said, that, you know, to be first of all, you must be last of all and servant of all, you know. And I, and I think mm. it kind of, that kind of sets the standard that, you know, you put other people's um, needs uh, before your own, um, yeah. and through that you set the example that allows everyone to flourish. You know, so so I think there's that. Um, I, I I couldn't say hand on heart that I joined the army to serve. I joined the army because I thought it would be a great place to develop myself. Um, yeah. I thought it'd be a great avenue to to learn new skills and and put some skills to use. Um, and it and it really was that. Um, but I think. Over time in there, you know, you, you start to see uh, what service can be and the sacrifice required to be of service. Mm. Um, but, I, I, you know, I don't know that anyone joins up, you know, to, to, to sacrifice themselves. Mm. Um, but certainly they become willing to do that for the people around them um, and, the, you know, the, the family that they create while they're in there. Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. but I think so. And I think... Um... You know, you, you retired as a as a captain, is that right? Yep. 
you know, what does that mean? I, I'm used to kind of police hierarchy. Tell mm. me a little bit about the role of a captain. What, what does the captain do? So it's slightly different in the army in that you, um, you, you can either you join um, as a soldier or as a, an officer cadet. Um, so I, I joined as an officer cadet. Um, not that I really knew much difference, really, but the person mm. that I met who kind of encouraged me to, to give that a go um, kind of pointed me down that route straight away. Um, and I had the, the bare minimum um, mm. qualifications to be able to do that. So, so I did it and scraped in. Um, and so you, you do a year's training at the Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst for a year. And then uh, on successfully passing that, then you go and join the regiment of your choice. Mm. Um, so if you, I joined the parachute regiment, so I had mm -hmm. another course to pass after that, which yep. was P Company and the jumps course. Um, and then, so I joined as a second lieutenant, which is the, mm -hmm. the, the, the lowest rank. And then you progress to lieutenant and then captain. So, so typically as a, a you know, your first job is a, as a, a platoon commander or troop commander, mm -hmm. which is usually kind of, you know, 28, 30 people. And then uh, as a captain, you'd maybe move more towards, um, a, a, a bigger number. So, you know, potentially as a, a company two, I see you'd be second in command of a, a company of 90 to 120 people. Mm -hmm. I am um, in my leadership journey. I've been fortunate enough to visit RAF Cranwell and mm -hmm. I know the, um, the significance of parade day and the, the graduation and, you know, take me back to that time at, at Sandhurst. Did you say it was take me back to that time at Sandhurst? What did that mean to graduate, to wear the uniform, to be on patrol? What did that do for you and your identity and your sense of accomplishment? I mean, the, you know, the military is very good at bringing a, a disparate group of people together who've never met each other before and really quickly uh, bonding them into a cohesive unit that takes pride mm -hmm. in themselves first. You know, yeah. the, the first things are to be able to stand up straight with your clothes clean, pressed, you know, in yeah. good order and yourself in good order, your kit in good order and able to look after yourself first. And mm -hmm. then you can be of some use to the people around you. You know, and then, you know, that you, that group of people can be of use to a bigger unit and a bigger unit and eventually yeah. your country, you know, your community, your country. So there's a huge, they're able to, you know, in the army, I, I guess, has been doing it longer than anyone else. Mm. Um, you know, they've been bringing people together and building a team and developing the leaders within those teams yeah. um, for, for longer than anyone else. So they're, they're pretty good at it. And are there I think things the, that you've taken with you to the, the, the you know, post um, service that you use in your everyday life now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You can ask me now. And it's hard okay. to put them because you kind of, uh, um, you, you kind of absorb, uh, yeah. I think, the, the best of the people around you and the, mm -hmm. the best things of yourself. And, it, and it's kind of hard to strip away those things um, that, that the army gives you. But you know, certainly a, a self-motivation and a, um, an ability uh, to, to face things that you're not sure you can achieve. Mm. And I think it's a, you know, I, I, I worked as a platoon commander where we, we, you know, had a group of 50, 60 young recruits in from 16 to kind of 24, 25, um, every, every six months. And you kind of put them through the, the basic training program mm -hmm. and, You'd see it every time, you know, that the people would come in and they would, 
uh, within a few days be knocking on your door saying, um, I've made a mistake, I'm in the wrong place, you know, green's not my color, or, mm -hmm. you know, my girlfriend can't cope without me, or <laughs> my mum. And luckily they'd signed on the, on the line to say that they, they can't leave for six weeks. So you had them mm -hmm. for six weeks. And in that six weeks, you had to give them the self-confidence of facing challenges and overcoming them. Because for lots of them, they'd never had to do that. They'd always been able to say, whether for exams or something, they'd been able to say, uh, it's not really important to me, or that's not me, or I'm not interested. But here they couldn't, you know, they couldn't mm. give those excuses and they had to turn up and they had to put in their best and they had to start achieving. And, you know, by the six weeks, the vast majority would have come over that. And then by the end, you know, in, in tears, they'd come up and say, thanks for, for not mm. letting me quit. Um, wow. If you could take your 20 odd, is it 20 odd years service, did you say? No, six. Six. So if you could take your six years service, what's the biggest lesson or biggest lessons that, you, that you've learned about yourself, about leadership? Like what comes to mind through thinking back to those times? Um, for leadership, I, I'd say two, two things really stand out. Uh, firstly, it's the, that idea that it's not about you. It's about how you can be of use to other people. Um, you know, to, to kind of get out of your own way. Yeah. Um, and the second one I would say is that it, the best explanation I ever heard of